to another episode of Buddy Walk with Jesus. And I'm going to start off with prayer. During this time that we're all facing the, some people call it shutdown, lockdown, stay at home, uh, and all these different nuances for the same thing that we're experiencing in this country. Uh, I think it's important to take time to realize that in a way we're doing something we've never done before. And for a lot of people, it's been weighing on them. But for some other people, it has been an opportunity to discover things that they would not be able to do because the nine to five and the travel time has been taking a lot of demand from their lives that they were unaware about. So some people are going to come out of this differently for a negative reason, and some will come out for a positive reason. And my prayer right now is that everyone who's listening would be able to discover something positive that God is doing in their lives. So with that, I'm going to begin prayer. Father God, I thank you that you love each and every listener right now. You know them by name and you know the tragedies and the victories of their lives, Father. I pray right now that you would manifest your presence in their lives, Father, that their hearts would respond to you that they would see you do care for them and their loved ones and that you are with them through this point. Father, I pray that they would learn from you what makes them special in your eyes. Father, I pray that you would give us Joe and me, that you would give us words to speak that are from you, not of our own design or not of our own ingenuity or anything false, Father, but that authenticity would reign and that we would be able to speak your truth as you've shown it to us and that your word affirms. I thank you for this opportunity in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. I think you hit the nail on the head that for better or for worse in so many different forms and functions and ways, I think this period of time that we are in, currently, not just because of the shutdown, but because of the whole of the situation, um, we will be left changed. Life, life has changed now for, for good, um, for, for a lot of people. And, and I've, I've been trying to um, live out this quarantine um, with, with, a, with a few key under a few key tenants right going in um you're coming out the other side stronger not just physically but um mentally emotionally spiritually um than than how i came in um be good to other people you know not just from a from a materialistic standpoint but we are in a we are in an opportunity that's twofold right now, right? We live in a time where it is all too easy to hop on your social media of choice and jump on the bandwagon and start going on about rights and start going on about political agendas and this, that, and the other thing and start sniping at each other. Um, and and just to just to be smart and be wise as far as far as the the actions that are taken. And the uh, and you know the, the the choices that are made. Um, yesterday, 
and I would argue maybe before maybe before this, but I've it it took a it took a minute for me to actually um, start feeling it. But yesterday proved that you can have um, the best of of self intentions, and by that I mean as a person and and kind of of your own character and being have the best of intentions for for what you want to see happen through the whole thing. Um, man, that doesn't that doesn't change life from from coming um, and, and coming hard and and proving that um, sometimes it boils down to um, hanging on to the pillar of 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 faith and trust. Yeah, one and just to to get back to where you were talking about social media, it's always a, in times like this to be very careful what you take in and what you listen to. And I agree with, you know, if you're going to be listening to a lot of the political agendas or a lot of the um, beratements, do a small amount. <laughs> but listen to the wisdom that's out there. I've seen people post, take the time to kiss your loved ones, uh, call a friend. Uh, these are the reminders that people have, I mentioned before in the prayer, uh, before prayer, that people were realizing they had not done enough of calling old friend up, how you're doing, how's this affecting you. Um, I'll give you a little side note. This is probably going to be a little bit more lighthearted than uh, the rest of the stuff that's going on. When this initially started, toilet paper was an incident. We still don't have it on our shelves, but around me, the community, I've asked if they've had, because we have some extra that we would like to give to people in need, but everyone has found a way to get toilet paper. Now, many years ago, and this is in decades, I used to say, and pe people might be able to say this who knew, who've known me for a long time, I will do without coffee, but I cannot do without toilet paper. And now we're in a situation that that's like kind of a reality for a lot of people. But around me, people have found a way to negotiate that. People are more resilient or look for getting overcoming the challenge. So if we're facing things that are negative impacting to us, that sometimes um, will bring out our ingenuity and our innovation to solve that problem. We've forgotten a lot of that because technology does that to us. But we have found a way to overcome situations and almost live in a new world that didn't exist before where you have to be careful with what you shop. Do I need to get more? Do I need to make a second trip? You know, where's a good place to get this? You know, when will I need this? I have enough for a month, but I may not have after that. So those are new thoughts. And people are becoming aware that things are different. So now if we can translate that physical meeting of needs to the emotional meeting of needs, where we really don't want to be negative. We want to have positive in our lives. We want to be giving positive towards somebody else. How do we do that if we're overwhelmed? And I'm hoping that as we go through this episode, we'll be able to speak to that and help people navigate some of the weight that has come upon us in these last several weeks. The people that have kind of followed this journey with us since we since we've started, 
you've you've heard us talk about the idea that Christians should be at the forefront of logic and reason and wisdom um, and truth. That our actions should should show that and and that and show that heart for others and show the show the ability to um, act in act in wisdom and and um, and, and logic and, and part of the reason why we we should be Christians as a whole should be at the you know to use a tech term at the bleeding edge of what of of all of that is because as Christians we um, are we are indwelt with Holy Spirit. We have a lifeline, a constant access to the greatest source of logic and wisdom and truth. And because we are given that, because that is so freely given to us, we are then commanded to go out and act in that and mm -hmm. times like this well i say that as if there's there's in our lifetime been a time like this but i'll say in times of tragedy and crisis right this is the opportunity for the church to be the church right not small c, large c. And that's but when you're when you're carrying weight on you, when you're carrying baggage emotionally or spiritually, um it, it's hard it, that's that is it is it is not a crystal clear field of vision to be able to see that opportunity in front of you if you're say mourning or feeling the impact of the current circumstances yourself right i want to kind of get back to the grassroots of the cons of where this concept of body walk with jesus started combing through um very specific pieces of the bible and I want to get your thoughts on Galatians 6.2. I'm going to read it out of the ESV because I, having, having read a couple of different translations of this, um, I think this one just, just hits a little bit different. Um, but I'm going to, I'll read it to you and give you a chance to um, get it pulled up. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. That's a good one. On that same wavelength, wavelength is Romans uh, twelve fifteen. Another part, another. This one's, um, I would say more, more probably more well known. Um, to 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 hear it rejoice with those who rejoice mourn with those who mourn 
or otherwise stated in the, in the uh, NLT, be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. I think these verses go very well together as, as probably why you picked them. Uh, but I'm going to go with Galatians 6, 2, and just the thought behind it. Um, immediately, there is a call to community. Uh, bear one another's burdens. That means there's a respect for the individual that you're walking alongside who is burdened by whatever they're carrying, that you would help them through it. And... Unfortunately, the American church and American culture sometimes does not understand what it means to come alongside and bear one another's burdens. There's sometimes we can berate the person. Well, this is not a big deal. Um, and we've said this before. When someone passes, they'll say, well, God just needed an angel or, you know, um, these these. Uh, statements that are not very helpful, even though your intention may be to help bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Well, we know that Jesus boiled down all of the law into two commandments, love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and body. Okay, and then love your neighbor as yourself. And these... Uh, uh, messing up the part but you basically fulfill all the the law in these two simple commandments very easy you know what they mean you know how to deal with it so when you are caring for somebody you're loving them you're helping them and we get that example through paul's statement rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep it almost if you think about it it doesn't need words especially weep with those who weep. You do not wind up, if you're crying, you're not spouting off wisdom or things you think are wise or empty words of comfort. When something tragic happens, a lot of times words just do not cut it. Um, that's why we're told a lot of times in Proverbs, you know, if you keep silent, well, excuse me, let me <laughs> take the you out of it. If a fool keeps silent, he will be thought wise. So a lot of times we we make the situation worse by speaking words into that. Rejoice with those rejoice who rejoice. Now, if you think about rejoicing, there's an emotional aspect to it. It's not the time for you to be emotionally unavailable in either situation. But to invest in the other person with emotion, either you're weeping with them or you're rejoicing with them. And rejoicing does allow for words, but they're words that are, I'm going to put it in a, in a, in a difficult word, but more like praiseworthy. They're words that are celebratory. They're not about, oh, I wish that happened to me, or that's really great, and you're thinking about how bad it is for you. You're emotionally investing it, full body um, rejoicing, not like uh, holding back because you're not the one that benefited there. So 
a lot of times we just have to wind up taking a look at ourselves and we can't do this in the moment, but if we could do it beforehand, when something good happens to somebody, do we, do we know how to rejoice with them? Do we know how to weep with them when something tragic comes? Am I a person who others would consider emotionally safe to be around? Or do they think I'm going to belittle them? Or tell them what they should do? Or all these other different things. We know how we would like people to be with us. It's, so we should be able to model that. But we have a higher example. And we have that with God. I um, In Zephaniah 3.17, God says, I will extol over you with singing. He delights in you. So we, we look through the scriptures, we can see that God does delight in people. And if we want to have that heart, we would delight in them too. Go ahead. For the people that don't know, um, can you give a definition to extol? Uh, I kind you're of, thinking out of a out of a part of the Bible that um, isn't as commonly quoted and used. Yeah, well, Zephaniah uh, three seventeen. Actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna cheat a little because I did say that it was um, delight. Um, so I'm gonna look at what one of the other verses says and see if I can give it a different spin on it. Um, well, there's the word exalt, but rejoice is a word, you know, and we just had that in the other verse. So um, let me read it from the ESV, and it's uh, the last portion, the last clause of, in there. He will exalt over you with loud singing. New Living Translation says he will rejoice over you with joyful songs. Uh, and then uh, contemporary English version, he celebrates and sings because of you. And this is what, when we talk about utilizing various BibleGateway.com. If you've never, if you haven't heard us reference reference this website before, um, bookmark it. Keep it as keep it as as a tool. Um, this is the benefit of taking from different translations you know from from solid translations i should say because not every single translation is solid but it, it allows you to get a, a, a fuller picture of what the bible is trying to convey if you especially if you hit language that you don't necessarily understand uh romans 5 i'm going to read from the beginning to verse 5 Therefore, and I'm reading from the ESV, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into the grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces characters, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Now, 
a lot of times, and before we've dealt with the coronavirus, suffering a lot of times uh, will make us think of tragic situations, cancer, a death, uh, a loss of a job. But a lot of times there's everyday suffering. Like we have a person at work who rubs us the wrong way, or we have people in our family who are very demanding. We don't tend to think of that as suffering. But I think maybe we need to reconsider that God's value system, and I heard this today used, so I liked it, I'm going to use it. Uh, value system is different than ours. So he could take something that's negative and produce good fruit from it. And this is the idea of suffering. Paul is saying suffering leads to endurance. Then endurance produces character. So we see that there's a progression, but it must come through suffering. So suffering, when we go through suffering, our, our natural tendency is to avoid it, to shut down, to resist it. Um, if someone disrespects us, we disrespect them back. So we're not conveying the indwelling of Christ, of God, of the Holy Spirit, when we disrespect somebody back because Jesus taught specifically about turning the other cheek. So what happens if we suffer these bad words and then we treat the person the way Christ would? Uh, and every situation is different, but I think every situation has a perfect example in Christ in how to respond. So the first thing is we wouldn't seek our kingdom or to put it another way, we wouldn't seek our independence from God to react, but we would come in alignment with God or dependent in God because he indwells us, but he also envelops us. So we would seek our dependence on him to respond the way he would. And I'm going to use a pun here in a godly way so that we can give life instead of death, as James says. You're going to wind up, it's going to take a long time to get this, but start with the small. And don't get upset that you, you mess up. But if you think of it as, am I going to respond in a way that's independent of God? Or am I going to respond in a way that's dependent on God? So if I become dependent on God, I know that the person's words are not really directed at me because I'm in God now. And those words don't come there because he's there. Those negative words don't land there because I'm connected with God. And now you have to be in the right mindset. Your, your mind has to be renewed enough that you are connecting with God. So, And this can be done quickly or it can be over time, depending on how you yield to the Holy Spirit. And this takes a lot of Bible reading too because you have to come to know his voice and have to see what he's saying and just be immersed in it. It's not going to happen if you're a new believer and you don't read the scriptures, but you have to develop a new way of learning. And it's a spiritual way. And that is in connection with the Holy Spirit. But the thing is at the end, you are reacting out of all this growth. You're reacting in a kingdom manner and it's the kingdom of God's already here. And you're coming and stepping into that. Okay, Paul says we are seated in heavenly places. This is that kind of mindset. You're not being independent of God. You're being dependent on God and responding the way 
he would want in obedience to him. And that obedience is love expressed, you know. So obedience is not a bad thing. It's a very good thing. As humans, when we interact another human, a friend, um, a family member, whatever, suffering, um, going through something um, on various sizes, I think there's a there's a a, um, a metaphorical um, little book of canned phrases to that that the instinct is to turn to because we want to feel like we've got the right thing to say, right? Every cloud has a silver lining. One day it'll all be better sort of thing. Like the, these these phrases that you had mentioned them before, or you had mentioned one before, and it's one that in particular makes my blood boil, um, that, that God just needed an angel. Nowhere in the Bible does it say anything about that that is not in any way, shape, or form scripturally accurate. Just saying. But the idea is, is that that we we rely. It's it's a matter of relying on self, relying on yourself to be able to come up with the right thing to say in the right moment. I think that's when you console somebody who's going through something it's this idea of oh man well i gotta say the right thing i gotta do the right thing to make them feel better and when you when you talk about obedience right it's not it's not just grandiose allow allow god into the situation and and he is he is the ultimate source of peace and love and comfort that there is. And when you turn to him rather than autonomy, because let's be honest, guys, this is a this is a version. When you seek independence, when you seek to self, you're seeking autonomy, whether you mean to be or not. It's part it's it's part of the human condition. That's why we need grace. That's why we need the cross, because we are the dial when we are born is set to self-rule. It's set to autonomy, right? And and usually when we talk about that, it's in in line of you know big sinful acts or you know making these terrible choices and things like that. But it manifests in all manner and shape in our life, you know and as, as kingdom citizens, we need to remember that the kingdom is here and now and there and then. You know, there is an aspect of the kingdom of, you know, once we've, once we've, you know, we're in heaven and all of those kinds of things in the far off and, and what will be a paradise, that kind of thing. But the Bible's pretty specific and uses present tense verbiage for a reason to convey the fact that while we're here, what we're doing is pushing forward the kingdom of God, advancing the kingdom of God. And, you know, I, as again, for those of you that have, that have been tracking with this, you know, for me, um, I, I am, a, I'm an avid weightlifter, right? I love lifting weights. I still remember the first time I ever stepped foot into a gym. Man, I was I was like Bambi. I was all I was all legs. I wasn't I, I didn't know what I was doing. 
um, when I when I first started, it was a progression of of becoming comfortable in the environment of do, of of doing you know doing this doing these things that are going to produce these results. Now, with where the where the analogy starts to diverge is you got to be, you know, it takes time as far as in as far as in the gym. Like you said, though, as far as our walk with with God, that is very, very dependent on how quick, fast we submit ourselves to Holy Spirit and and surrender the compulsion to do things ourselves, do things our way, say our thing, say the right thing, rather than turning to the ultimate source of comfort and peace and love, like I talked about. There is a scripture in Psalm 37, 23. Um, I'm going to take a quick look and see if which translation version I want. I'm going to read it from the New American Standard Bible. The steps of a man, a person, is established, or the steps of a person are established by the Lord. And he delights, he, capital H, God, delights in the way of that the person is taking. He delights in them. So sometimes we get hung up on what to do. Or how do I do it? And God says, just pick. And he's going to order your steps. The fear of doing nothing invites the spirit of fear. Faith sometimes is just taking a step forward and seeing what comes next. You lose a job. Don't be fearful and clam up and everything. You know you have to get another job. So what is your next step? Maybe it's work on your resume. Uh, get get the unemployment going. Get um, reach out to your friends and network. God's going to order your steps because He doesn't want you to suffer, and He doesn't want you to. Uh, let me back up and say He doesn't want you to be without. Now we use suffering before, so I don't want to confuse the message. He's not evil. He is good, and He wants to bring something out. And we've talked about independence and dependence on God. So this is going to be a situation. Are you independent or are you dependent on God? Now, if you're independent, it may take a little longer for you to get to where he wants you to be because you're kicking and screaming or you're, I'm going to do it this way or I want a job that is such and such or something. Now, I use the job because I I experienced a month and a half of unemployment uh, many years ago when I was 28. And it was I, I quit one day because I couldn't take the smoking anymore. I just couldn't. And that was an emotional response. Had I known better or thought about it or had wise counsel that I could go to, I probably would have been looking before I would have left. But I created a gap there. So that's. I'm going to say it so, so that no one else has to say it. that was a foolish move. Um, but God was merciful and he supplied our needs. We we were renting. We didn't lose. Uh, we weren't evicted. Uh, I did get another job, which was slightly less pain. Uh, 
but at that point it felt like a huge drop um but god did provide and i learned to i want to say i learned to be more humble that doesn't sound right <laughs> but you know i i came into without knowing it i was becoming dependent on god uh, now i can see that years later but god does allow things into our lives because we have a future that's an eternity the character we build now in christ is going to be the character we have in eternity and we understand that through um what's the word it's not illusion it's it's sort of like um like the word i want to choose is something like a metaphor but we get rewards the rewards are based on not what did i do for god can i outdo the next guy can i do better than that guy but how dependent i became on god did i love him with my heart mind soul body and that means did i depend on him did i become immersed in him okay if i did that that's a huge reward because why because you're allowing christ to be formed in you you are becoming christ-like you're becoming god godly you're becoming holy you're becoming all these things that christ wants he wants us to be as one as he and the father are one so these things are happening if you decide you're going to build the biggest church to score the biggest reward in heaven because you believe you and some people I, I, i've heard one person say this he wants the best house in god's kingdom so he's going to give away everything so he can get that so you know that's basically an idol and it has nothing to do with god but it has everything to do with independence i decide what i'm going to do for god and that is wood hay and stubble it will be burned up and consumed but if you love god that lasts that changes and i'm going to go to a point that i wanted to share before when you were talking joe when we are with people we want to be not the person who says what we think is the right thing but we want to be that presence that brings comfort we've all have i hope more than one person in our life where it just feels so good to be around them in a good and godly way that they are presence that carries god we feel safe we feel like we could share anything and not be judged we feel like if we ask them something we're going to get wisdom in return that we're not going to be made foolish and we all need these kind of people in our life lives but in my experience it's very rare um but these people do exist and they draw closer to god and that permeates out to other people and hopefully it causes a i want to say a multiplication that's not the right word but it 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 uh, recreates itself in other people i can't think of the verbiage but i'm hoping people understand what i'm saying it's a mul- it, it's a multiplication eff- uh, effect um you know and, and when you when you find that um, 
um, hold to that because that's a blessing. That when you mm-hmm. when you found that that can step into your chaos and is is their presence in 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 the situation, you can trust that they will um, you know give you good advice. You can trust that they're not going to. Um, you know, ostracize you for feeling a certain way, judge you, that kind of thing. Um, you know, be be willing and be humble enough to dig into that. It's it's a little uncomfortable at first, but don't be afraid to embrace that God has brought that person into your life. You know what I mean, and and don't don't shy away from that just because it doesn't necessarily feel natural, right? Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. And 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 we have to understand we live in a corrupt world and a corrupt system. So a lot of times we have hardened our hearts and made ourselves very strong defenses, so we're not able to receive freely. But as the Holy Spirit teaches us. He trades our heart of stone and gives us our heart of flesh. So it's tender to the things of God. And we're able to receive substance from other people, wise people, godly people, who are giving us the experience and the benefit of their walking with God. Uh, these people will fail us. It's just the way it is. They're people, um, and we can't we can't begrudge them um you know, making a mistake with us and everything like that. Uh, but the value that they... Go ahead. I was going to say, that's why we're called to grace. We're called, yes. we're called to have grace with, with, with people. You know, we, I know that the way that we're making it sound, it's almost like we're making these, be, these people sound like Christ incarnate in a way. Um, but understand that we are all still part of the part of the human condition. Even these people that exude and, and you're gonna find that the people of, of a common um, similarity for the people that can do this, that can walk into your into your uh, life, um, cut through the white noise, be able to speak truth and wisdom into, into your life in a way that others can't. They're people that that get it, that get the the whole idea of drawing, like we talked about, drawing from the ultimate well of strength and logic and love and truth. That that's where they're resonating from. It's not because they are, you know, disposing their grand opinions of everything out to the world. It's more about sharing the ultimate truth in situations and and take note. You know, sometimes it may look like taking a plunge and asking somebody about something that, you know, I met this, I figured out this person in my life that we're talking about when I was going through my divorce. And I turned to them and, and like, because I needed somebody. Right. And and that was the moment when I realized, man, this person doesn't have a stone in their hand. They're not looking to stone me 
for sins and hold my feet to the feet to the flame. Take note of that when that happens, that the person's not doing that. But also understand that there's a measure of grace because we're all still part of the human condition. Yes, very well said. I forgot what my thought was before we started on that way. But, you know, we, we do have people that we can lean on. Well, let me back that up. I hope we have people that we can lean on. It is hard. In my experience, during one of the darkest times of my life, God was the only voice that spoke God to me. And I was in a large church, um, and I went to a small group within that church. And um, I don't want to really, it, it can come across the wrong way, but they weren't able to help me through the darkest time of losing my child. Uh, their focus was on other things. Um, and I know that makes it sound really bad, but um, I'm not trying to do that, but that's the reality of it. What I needed um, was to rejoice with those who rejoice and the weeping with those who weep. But I got basically silence. Um, another family was experiencing loss at that time. And I saw the church rally around them. And it was a large church. I'm talking about a, uh, over a thousand. Um, and it was almost like my wife and I were an afterthought. Um, but God was able to keep me strong for my wife, who had to endure a lot more than I did. Even though I was going through it, there is something about having a life grow inside of you that you know stopped on the, the moment you know it stopped beating and having to wait to get to the doctor's uh, next doctor's appointment. Um, there's nothing to be said for that. There's just nothing to be said for that. God will fill the gap every single time. The question is, do we recognize it? And fortunately for me, God was already, he, I want to use this word because it's exactly the right word. He invaded. I didn't know what I needed. He knew what I needed. And he made me stronger for it. Um, I don't resent the path or the journey that I've gotten because it's gotten me to a really deep, intimate knowledge of him. And it goes back to the verses I read that suffering produces endurance. And then it produces character. Well, what's character? Character is like integrity. It is you doing the right things when no one else sees or knows. And that produces hope. Hope that doesn't make you, put you to shame. Okay, and then it ends with, because God's love has been poured into our hearts. So we know it's not through our own working, but God working through us. I think you said it nigh perfectly when you said, I don't resent the path that it took me to get here. Um, you learn more from the L's than you do from the W's. That's just the truth. If you're doing if you're doing it right, you're learning more from the defeats than you are than you are from the victories. Um, 
I want to share two verses um, on that on that wavelength um, that that you are on in in, in both in, in just in quick su- succession here, um, both uh, reading out of the the ESV. First, James one two to four. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. Let that steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. And Revelation 21.4, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Let me read that one more time. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning nor crying nor pain anymore for the former things have passed away. As Christians, um, I think we 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 like you know yeah god 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 is god is the rainmaker he is he is he is good in all things and can reconcile all things all 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 pain all sickness all of that there is a there is a there is a line there for a lot of people mentally right and that's death and i'm not trying to make it sound we the first part take take what i'm saying guys in the context of the first half of this conversation, that suffering comes in all kinds of shapes and sizes and varying degrees. It's not just about the big ones, but when the big ones come, and I say this looking at the the landscape of the world right now, I think the temptation sometimes is to believe, well, God loved me before, but he must not now because of things going, he must, he must, I must be out of step. I must, you know, I must not be in his favor, so to, so to speak, because things are going haywire, right? Um, You guys have heard me say, and I'll say it again, the longer that the microphone is on, the more likely it is that you're going to end up getting vulnerable. So guys, it's going to get real for a second. When this whole thing first started, started kicking off as far as far as the plague goes, I got given my walking papers and I got future endeavored by my job. Yesterday, I got the news that one of my friends lost his fight to COVID. Um, young man, uh, you know, late 30s, not, you know, two kids, um, good dude, solid dude, um, was, was, was taken out by this, by this whole thing. I say that because I, 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 I want to convey to the people that are in this season and are suffering that um, this is this is incredibly hard what I'm about what I'm about to say but I want to just I, I I feel that I feel the need to to convey this the I don't want to say the antidote but the the um, 
the the pivot point in the human brain to combat the the throes of this when when things like this happen are rejoicing and gratitude and like that's that's a that's a tough that's a tough thing to reconcile right like before i came to christ i couldn't i just ignored death right i just i just ignored the concept i just, literally just i feigned ignorance i was like no i'm i'm not i'm not even thinking about that because if i did i would get wrapped up in this whole idea of the great unknown right like what happened it's like the lights are off and that's it you know what i mean sort of thing and and that that aspect of life that pain that suffering trying to reconcile the things that happen in our life that are negative that are hard that are suffering that are painful and then trying to reconcile that with life and god and all of those kinds of things as christians our investment if you will, is in something so much bigger than any of it. The loss of the job, the sickness, the death, all of it, every single bit of it falls short at the foot of the cross. Every single bit of it falls short at the foot of the cross and it's our job you know that you've heard that you've heard the say or you've heard the uh the term the uh an attitude of gratitude right it sounds it sounds canned sounds a little corny even but if you look at if you look at science scientific evidence this whole idea of gratitude is something that has been scientifically proven to reorient brain chemistry. You know what I mean? Like it, it's almost like the Bible's true and God knew what he was doing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. When when to you know, I, I say that with 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 the, the the sly grin, but in all earnestness. We we read about these these concepts in the Bible being these life giving things, these thing these these keys to being able to weather the storm, so to speak. But 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 a lot of times the instinct is to is to let that go. You know what I mean? To to not you know that's just some greeting card garbage sort of thing. But like that sometimes. That that that's 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 the stuff. That's the the key yeah. to being able to weather weather these things out. Uh, to add to what you're saying, uh, and our, our listeners, I'm pretty sure are familiar with the term, the placebo effect. This is when, in trials, they give a sugar pill or a pill that's not medicine, and they tell the people they're receiving the medicine and it's a known uh, i want to say a known phenomena that believing hoping and i'll use the term that you use rejoicing that you have this medicine can have a positive effect it has a a measurable effect 
on a person's well-being. Um, a lot of the diseases are opportunistic. So if our immune system is down, because if, when we're depressed, we do release chemicals. Um, they, these opportunistic diseases can take, um, take hold. Uh, depression, uh, stress, anxiety, all these negative emotions. So when God says rejoice, it's not to make lighthearted of a bad situation, but it's to know where your hope comes from. And that's where we end with the hope. We are living in a temporary world where we're told men would be 72 years of lifespan, women 78, but I think that's changed now. But we only guaranteed a, a certain amount of years. But eternity causes those years to be almost as if it's zero. What we do is we we look to where our salvation comes from. We look to his return. We have this hope that is coming. Regardless of what we're enduring, hope is there. And I'll give you this example. In your lifespan, 10, 20 years ago, you went through something at that point seemed so grave to you that you didn't know how you would go through it. Most people will have an experience come to their mind. But looking back now with distance of time, how does that look? You knew you weathered it through and somehow whatever it was got resolved in one way or another. So this is something that happens that we see over a course of time. Can you imagine what we will look at this point in time, 10, 20 years? Some will even be able to do it at five years. But what I do want to say is that regardless of where you're at, and Joe, you had given a phrase, I wish I could remember it, um, where something bad happens or you have a failure, or something good happens, the idea is still the same. With that, come to God. It's the same for either situation. Come to God. Come to God. Be dependent on him. You could have the best day or the worst day. Come to him. And, and be it, intimate with him. And it, it, it boils down to, you know, you we, we talk about prayer, right? And how prayer is um, oftentimes taken to be, um, you know, I've got, I've got my, I've got my grocery list, I've got my to do, I've got my short list of things, you know, health, happiness, world peace, whatever. Um, and, and I'm not saying your short list is a bad, is, is a bad thing. I'm not, I'm not trying to poo-poo on that. But I remember hearing um, during a retreat a story of a man that was part of a retreat of his own and was asked to be in prayer for hours. Like the first chunk of the day, the first, you know, that just dedicated to prayer, it gets through, you know, 15 minutes. Okay. He's run through the thing. All right. 15 more minutes. He's run through his thing. He's gotten point of like, okay, now I'm praying for my cats. You know what I mean? So <laughs> thing, and, and starting to, to lose steam on like, how do I, how do I, I'm running out of things 
to pray for sort of thing. And it was a, it was a educational moment meant to be an educational moment of understanding that prayer is not the list. Mm. Prayer is the conversation. Prayer is not informing God. Prayer is including God in the situation and involving him. I I, I think to think you were talking about me there, Joe. (laughs) I used to have my, and I've said this before, I think on one of the episodes, my biggest issue with Jesus was that he got up and spent three hours in prayer. How do you even do that? I, I couldn't imagine that. I mean, I mean, you run out of a list in probably the first five minutes. Um, so what was he doing? And then someone explained to me what prayer really is. It's not, it can be like we are Father, the Lord's Prayer. It can be a list, but neither one are a prayer to God if it doesn't include God. And by that, I mean, is if you're just reciting it to speak to the air, to make sure that you've gotten your petition out before the Lord and not spend any time with him. To me, and this is just strictly me, it's like speaking to the air. It's like a a waste of oxygen. Well, of oxygen. Yes. So. And it took me a long time to really understand what prayer was. And I'm thankful for um, Jamie's showing of this because, you know, 33 years of sitting in church, no one really explained it the way he did. Uh, It's a conversation. Now I'm being shown by God through various sources. And it's funny how all these sources like are teaching me the same thing going deeper. Worship is not a song. Worship can be a song worship is not uplifted hands but worship can be uplifted hands worship is coming before the father and adoring him adoring him that's it you're not coming there with an agenda you're not coming there to pray to seek wisdom to gain any anything for yourself but you do benefit from it because when you're worshiping the father in spirit and truth, the weight of the world falls off you. And you have a bliss or what what some people might call a peace that passes understanding. Wash over for you. And no matter what you're in, what you're going through, you feel like, yes, I can face today. Um, and I want to carry this throughout the day with me. And I've been fortunate to experience that, but I want to be able to carry it throughout the day. Uh, my goal is to be able to sit and worship that kind of worship where I'm drawing the Father for 45 minutes in the morning. Oh, my goodness. Can you imagine how wonderful that would be? But what happens, and this could be because of the stress and everything that we're going on. I sleep very little. I'm told. I thought it gets normal for me. But I sleep to four to five hours a night. Um, and I just think as a person gets older, that's what happens. And I could be 100% wrong in that. But the last two days when I go in, I wake up, I immediately try to go in and adore my father in heaven. 
And what happens a couple of days ago is I got so distracted that I kept, no matter how many times I tried, I got so frustrated. But the last two days, I wound up sleeping more. And, you know, I feel bad because that's what I wanted to do was adore him. But it's almost like he lulled me to sleep. Like I'm a kid on his lap and I'm fretting inside. And even though I don't feel it, he knows. And he just lulls me to sleep with his singing and allows me to feel safe. And I wake up and it's 45 minutes have gone or an hour. And so I get close to six hours. And that to me is a gift. All right. So I want to um, share something with you guys that that um, I read this week, um, a bit of, of what I call biblical motivation, um, because I think we could all do for something like that um, during this kind of time in our lives. Um, First Thessalonians. 5:16-19 Always be joyful. Did you catch that guys? Let me re- let me repeat myself. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong in Christ Jesus. Do not stifle the Holy Spirit. Do not scoff at prophecies, but test everything that is said. Hold on to what is good. Stay away from every kind of evil. When you wake up in the morning, there's going to be somebody looking in the mirror back at you. You need to to get that person out of your way and get to God. Because sometimes that person is going to be standing in your standing in your way with all of the reasons of the day and the thoughts and all of the reasons why you need need to focus on things outside of God. It's that it's that sent that 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 self speak that is focused on things of the world that are distraction points away from spending time with God. And I know for a lot of people, you know, getting up first thing in the morning, um, maybe you grab your phone and, and you're, you know, getting ready and, and, and you, you, you're looking at the news or you're looking at social media or you're looking at some kind of something. Um, I, 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 I challenge you listeners during that time, put the phone down disconnect don't don't take that as your connection point to get involved in the world's garbage because guess what guys it's still garbage unfortunately we still got chaos going on going on outside mm-hmm. um but when 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 your feet hit the ground in the morning it's not about what you can do it's not about the power that you have it's not about what you need to do it's what god's will is Mm. for the day for the time reconciling that time in worship 
like like Edgar was saying, when we hear that word, we think the band on Sunday morning, we think the praising, we think the songs, we think the raised hands. That can be a form of worship. But let mm. me tell you something. The thing that I have I've when I got future endeavored, and for those of you that don't understand what I mean when I say that, we we wish you the best of luck in all of your future endeavors. It's a shorthand way of saying you got fired. Um, I, I immediately, I, I, I prayed for some kind of level of understanding. Mm. And if I couldn't have understanding, then just, then, then, then just guide me, just guide my steps. Cause I, I don't know. And sometimes you're not going to know, but that's okay. That's okay that you can't see the thing that you can't see right in front of you, because we have a light that can guide our path, that can guide our steps, that welcomes us and calls us into that level of reliance, that level of um, intimacy and trust that it takes to say, okay, look, I don't understand what's going this is This is outside of my realm of understanding. I can't reconcile this. So, so you got to, this is, this is, on, this is, this is, I, I'm relying on you to, to reconcile all of this. And that's not a bad posture to be in. No. You know, and, and, and for me, I, I made the offhand comment when it first happened that, you know, I started getting comfortable at the, at the, the, the job and, and, you know, there's an old saying that comfort is the killer of progress. Um, and, and to, to, to an extent that is, that is absolutely true. Now that's yeah. not, you know, said to be like, you know, go quit your job or anything like that. You know what I mean? But we are all in unprecedented times right now, right? I can't, I, I swear if I hear that phrase one more time, <laughs> the unprecedented times, but there's, there is such an opportunity to reconcile this time, to reconcile and redeem this time of, you know, the chaos and all of these things in the only way that makes a lick of sense, the only way that provides any real measurable hope and truth. And the way to do that is to not give in to what the world, the posture that the world tells you to have, because the world's right. going to tell you to have a posture of cynicism, of hate, of depression, and and uh, you know I I don't I I feel like we've said a million times and I'll say it a million a million and one we're not saying pray away a bad mood depression's a real thing anxiety's a real thing choosing joy is not the is not the end all be all uh, be all as far as far as like chemical imbalances and things like that it's all aspects of the human condition but just because we're part of the human condition doesn't mean that we aren't in God's love, in God's presence, and that he's seeing us through this temporary aspect, this portion of the story that we're in right now, because it's only a portion. After spending one of my... Uh times of adoring the lord and really a good time and it wasn't one of the ones where i 
fell asleep, but actually was able to to get some good time really worshiping God without song or uplifted hands. I went to get ready for work and I looked in the mirror and this is the only time this has ever happened. I look and I look dead at my reflection and I could see love looking out of my eyes at my reflection. That has never happened before. I've always either looked at it with um, a negative um, expression or just the mundane getting ready to get the work going on, brushing teeth, shaving, all that stuff. But never, and I knew that what I was looking at was actually the expression of the Holy Spirit's love for me. Uh, and it was so unusual. And I realized that it was also rare that I was experiencing that for the first time. So it tells me that I have still a lot to go uh, in loving myself in a good, healthy way uh, because God loves me and God has done a tremendous amount of, let me phrase this correctly, he is glorified and honored when we value the creation he made us, whether we're having a, a negative day or a positive day, uh, we're in victory or we're in loss. He made us and he made us to be objects of his affection and to value ourselves the way he values us can be a, a moment when it's, weight falls off our shoulders. So know that God loves you in a way that you don't understand, because I certainly didn't until I saw that, but I recognized what it was immediately. And that that is what he feels for you, but he wants you to experience it too. And it is through union with him. It is through coming deeply and intimately in prayer and worship, as as we've described them, not the 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 um, the the one that's I want to say promoted, or the one that most people think of when they hear of prayer and worship, but the deeply intimate spirit and truth. So, listeners, you are valued by God enough that He died on the cross for you for a reason, and He brings you hope. So um, with that, Joe, do you want to close in prayer? Yeah, definitely. Oh, Father God. Um, Father, I, I, I lift up a hurting world. Um, we are in a temporary space that is filled with the human condition, filled with um, sin and, and illness, and death, pain. Um, but in that, we have you. We have hope. We have the pillar of faith that we can hold on to for dear life. Um, Father, I thank you for that. I thank you for the ability to dive into the God-breathed text of the scriptures 
that we have um, a lifeline of hope and understanding or uh, of outside of our understanding. We have a level of, of um, that, that we have a level of, of love in our li- uh, life and, and an access to wisdom and an access to, um, to, to grace that is um, un- uncomparable to anything in this world that this world has to offer. Father, I thank you that we have the indwelling of Holy Spirit and um, through through your grace and through your mercy, we have that constant contact, that constant um, communication that is, you, you call us to, you call us to that call us to the to to a posture of of intimacy the one who created everything created us and longs for us and longs for for us to 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 come to him and and come to you and um i thank you for the ability to to rejoice in that 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 our hope is outside of the human condition, outside of the present moment, outside of the world's circumstances. That you are bigger, you are greater than any of it, than all of it. That it all falls short at the foot of the cross. I thank you, Father. I praise you for who and what you are, Father. I thank you. I lift up the listeners. I lift up anybody who is who is presently suffering, regardless of what that suffering is, regardless of what f- shape and form. Father, I pray that um, that they may come to you and find lay those things down at the foot of the cross and and find that that comfort and hope and strength. Um, that you so freely give, but only comes from you. I thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.